dear ones. You're listening to the What God Is Not podcast with Father Michael O'Loughlin and Sister Natalia. Glory to Jesus Christ. Glory forever. How are you, Father Michael? I'm well. Can I just make one request? Uh, yes. I have no idea what the topic is, uh-huh. but can we just not do it on the saints? Just what? Stop. Something, Stop. Something else. <laughs> I'm, I'm so sainted out right now. Okay, listen. <laughs> just because I... <laughs> this is funny because I was going to start this episode by being really nice to you. Um, I like to direct my prayer towards whatever it is we're going to be talking about on the podcast. Mm. And so... I don't have anything witty to say to come back at you. I'm just saying this because I, I, I'm so proud of myself for listening to the prayer and like absorbing what the prayer was about. Mm. For someone that, that has gets easily distracted like me, actually listening to the whole prayer that we, because we say a prayer before we start and sister's topic, so she prays. I'm just very proud of myself that I actually listened to the prayer and engaged with it as, as any Christian should, especially a priest of God. So, yeah. Good job, and Father then the Michael. dig. So, yeah, um, so what am I supposed to talk about now? What what I appreciate about you? Yeah. Do you know Do you know why in the prayer before this episode I prayed that um, God not allow our vanity to be a part of this podcast um, and and to not let us be obstacles to um, to people receiving His word. Do you know why true. I prayed for that? No. Well, yeah, but like, why I prayed for that specifically this time? Because you thought I was being vain? No, because I thought our last episode was horrible. (laughs) And we just had this discussion about whether or not we should, well, by we had the discussion, I mean, I was like, Father Michael, we shouldn't post that one. And you were like, yeah, we're posting it. Um, (laughs) And because I'm really vain and it was, I felt like a bad episode because we were really distracted. Um, Go ahead. If if anybody is at fault for that bad episode, it's not you. It that was is, my episode. Yeah, all the things that you it's had to totally say were totally Olivia's fault. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Olivia's joining us. We have our right audience now. one. Yeah. Okay. We we actually so this is funny. Um, yeah. So we were both kind of really mean to each other. You and I. I feel like on the last episode. Um, and I think all our our listeners probably know by now that you and I love each other a lot and that teasing is kind of our love language. Um, but I did think that we should start this episode by saying something that we really love about each other. And Olivia and I were talking about this during our five minute break between recordings. And um, she was like, yeah, it'll be kind of like like couples therapy and, and I can be the mediator, but it'll be like co-host therapy. <laughs> um, so... Recorded for your listening pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, mm. But I can start because it's very easy for me to think of things that I love about you because I love a lot about you. Um, okay. But one of the things that I love most about you is that you are probably the least <clears throat> the least judgmental person that I've ever known. Um, but not in the way that a lot of people in society right now, I think, have this misperception of what it is to be non-judgmental where it's just like oh you do you and that's fine and we can all be happy and I won't judge you um like you're still very clear in 
preaching the truth and and not shying away from that or being afraid of that. But it's like, I can hear the truth from you and still feel like um, you love me as a person and as a daughter of God. Um, and that's really beautiful. If you really loved me, you would not say something that's really hard to follow. Um, you, you, you would have let me go first. And, and, and you would have had to follow my happy reasons. <laughs> oh, come on. Everyone in the world knows how much more lovable you are than me. <laughs> oh, stop. With those, oh, those, stop. Rosy, those rosy cheeks. <laughs> that rosy face. Um, uh, okay. So I did not have anybody to talk to about this between the two podcasts. So I'm just kind of. I did not tell Olivia Jesus what I was going to say. While I go. Um, uh, I. This is I really hard for you. you. It's not. I'm trying to find the words, sister. Um, you're so annoying sometimes. <laughs> um, um, I, 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 I love one of the things I love most about you is that you, you really, really desire above everything else to be holy, above everything else, everything else. And, and, and there, that, that's very, very clear, um, from the way you talk. And that's, that's one of the reasons why I love that you're named after Nathaniel, because you, you are, you are. Uh, you are not duplicitous. You, 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 you truly do. And I, sorry, the Nathaniel reference I just thought of because that's not where I was going with this. Because, but I've obviously thought this about you for a long time. But it, it, it's just it can you continue to show forth that you you will set aside everything, everything for the sake of holiness, and that's that's what monastic life is. But but you you're very aware of that, and you and you, you want to get rid of any little um, scandalons, any little stumbling blocks, as you were referring to earlier. Um, mm from that. And so, um, and that's just very, very inspiring. And I, I know that, that me and everything else in your life comes second and third and fourth and fifth and sixth to, to Jesus and your holiness. And, uh, you make that very obvious without, without those of us that, that love you feeling like jealous mm. of Jesus, because we obviously have the same Jesus and we can have that as well. Wow. That was really beautiful. I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> you didn't think it was going to be. <laughs> oh. Um, did we did we do okay, therapist? Can we move on? Um, I think you're going to need a few more weeks. But <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, our time is up for today, though. <clears throat> thank you. <laughs> yeah, Olivia's like part of the problem with the last episode was too much banter. <laughs> um, I, I agree but, with that. Um, I totally agree with that. Um, it, it was it was sweet though before we started recording um, and I was saying how horrible the last episode was and Father Michael was like, Olivia, was it really that bad? And she's like, um, <laughs> it, there was merit. <laughs> I was like, oh, she's so sweet. Did you intentionally just open that in the mic? Oh, yeah, you did. Um, you're drinking another one of your French yes, waters. My French girls. I mean, French waters. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are too young for Not that movie, okay. too. Okay, sorry. Um, we'll edit that out. No, we won't. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we should. Um, okay. The do you um, do you want to add anything from the last episode or give any shout outs or anything like that before I introduce this topic? Um, 
I want to sh- give a shout out to Jen. I don't know her last name. She gave me from the parish. She gave me a. Uh, she's, she hasn't registered, so I've never seen her last name. Um, friend of the cowboy, um, and who gave me a nice little Christmas basket. Aww, I wasn't even nice. here. I had to cover for the Melkites yesterday, but but she brought a little basket left on my porch, and it had alcohol in it, and crackers and cookies. These are a few of my favorite <laughs> things. <laughs> That's very sweet. Um, I want to give a shout out to so my best friend Laura, who was a prayer intention a couple episodes ago. Um, her, she asked me to give a shout out to one of her students. She's a teacher. Um, so the student is Katie Larson, um, and her mom gave permission for her to have a shout out on the podcast, nice. and. Um, yeah, she said that she she listened to the podcast before Laura even knew her, and um, which is great because I just Laura talks about me a lot, and so anyone who knows Laura has heard of Sister Natalia. <laughs> um, but this student listened before she even met Laura, um, so shout out to to Katie. Yeah, cool. Um, okay, so my topic is it okay if I keep going? Please. Okay. Um, I wanted to... Are you drawing something? Mm-hmm. Okay. I wanted to get... <laughs> just doodling. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, want to see it? Yeah. Oh, no. This is going to be just like the last episode. <laughs> Sorry. Just, I'll, I'll, I'll try to do... Look, it's a Christmas tree with a Byzantine cross on top. Is that literally what you were just doing while I was talking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, Pope, Pope John Paul ha- was reading novels during Vatican II because it, that actually helped him focus. Okay. I'm not, I'm not, like, not paying attention. It actually okay. helps me focus. Okay. Listeners vouch for me, right? Some of you, like, doodling in class sometimes helps you focus. Okay. Keep doodling. I'm going to keep talking. Um, I was worried. <laughs> you're, you're a little bit offended right now. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell by the look on your face. I'm I'm not offended. I would have been offended probably like eight years ago. Okay. Um, <laughs> but you've been my spiritual father for <laughs> almost ten years. Almost ten years. It's crazy. Wow. Um, so I was worried that we were going to be short on time today, okay. um, which we might be. I don't know. We'll see what happens, but probably not. We'll be fine. Um, but remind me, I have something really important to tell you after the podcast. Okay. okay. That's really important. So I was worried that we would be short on time today. Olivia, remind me to remind her. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I wanted to have um, an episode that I could shorten without without having to um, lose like the explanation or the depth of something. And so I was I was praying about that on my retreat day the other day. Um, and on my Pustinia morning. And the idea I came up with was to ask each of the nuns, um, or most of the nuns anyways, um, to tell me an Eastern saint or feast day, or a saint or a feast day that's that's very celebrated in the East. Um, it might also be um, celebrated in the West, but um, that's very celebrated in the East that they think not a lot of people would know about. Mm. Um, that would be um, good for people to know about. And because that way, if we run out of time, I just won't include all of the responses, but I won't have to like stop in the middle of a topic. So just go, go in the order of which nuns you love most. Um, 
<laughs> I didn't want to pick order actually, and so okay. I'm I was going to go in monastic order, which is how I usually do things. Okay. Um, <laughs> I can't believe you just tried to do that. <laughs> I can believe it. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Um, okay, so you can be thinking of if you have anyone that you want to add as well, or any feast day okay. or something like that, but. Um, so actually I'm going to go a little bit out of monastic order because the, the first one that, not because I love her the most. Um, the first one was, um, uh, one of the nuns had had a suggestion of two that I should bring up just because she thought they were very funny. Um, and one of them was, um, not the first and not the second, but the third finding of the head of St. John the Baptist. <laughs> so um, so that's all. She just thought it's very funny that we have because we just keep losing his head. Um, Did anything important happen on that day? The third finding of the on head of feast, John I the like, Baptist? Like in, in your life, is that like an anniversary of anything important? I don't know what day it is. What day is it? May 25th. Oh, that's your, um, that's your ordination anniversary. Yeah. It yeah. is. That's really sweet. The I didn't very, realize the very it was glorious feast of the third finding of the head of Saint John the Baptist. <laughs> do you know how much that wouldn't have worked if it was a date that was like something in my life and I tried to do that to you? <laughs> this is true. This is. I, I acknowledge that. Um, I resemble that remark. <laughs> um, however, uh, yeah, May twenty fifth. That's your ordination. That's okay. It's also. Do you know what else it is? It's someone's birthday. Your Not dance. mine. No. <laughs> Most mentioned person on the podcast. Oh. Father Travis. Mm-hmm. Nice. Although, I don't know that he's the most mentioned because we also talk about your mom a lot. That was... Sorry. No, no, no. I'm, I'm literally thinking of something else. Okay. I'm not surprised. <laughs> Are you now chewing gum Ouch. while we record? No. I'm... <laughs> okay. Eating chocolate from St. Nicholas because I'm hoping that's one of the ones you bring up. <laughs> that's not one of the ones that I'm bringing oh, okay. up. Okay. Um, okay. Are we? Sorry, go ahead. Should I keep going or? Yes, please. Okay. Um, Perla Cowboy. I just all of them. Um, we probably need more squirrels than just Perla and Cowboy. Honestly, <laughs> those squirrels are gonna legion. <laughs> oh, that's really bad. <laughs> um, so the other one that she wanted me to bring up was the deposition of the robe of the Theotokos. Um, because, so this, <laughs> do you know why she wanted me to bring this up? Because you're already smiling. Um, yes. Because it has to do with you. You know what's really funny is I was smiling because it, has to do with, because it has to do with me and you, but I also literally just got a text from Cowboy. And like, so it's a, it's a Cowboy Cowboy. It's a distraction. Yes. Um, that's like cowboyception. <laughs> exactly, cowboyception. I like that. Good. <laughs> um, so why 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 does that is that important in your life, sister? So so the feast itself is just like um, some associates of the emperor at the time went out and like venerated some holy places, and they came across this something very venerated in this old Jewish woman's home, and it was like having healings and stuff, and she said it was the robe of Mary, and so then they took it in. Anyway, so there's like a lot of background to the feast that I don't really know, if I'm being honest. Um, and I just learned all of that from Orthodox Wiki right before I jumped on, <laughs> right before we started this podcast. But um, but we're, so so this is an actual feast that we celebrate, 
in the East, the deposition of the robe of the Most Holy Theotokos. And so there's a lot of like, there's a lot of fun traditions in the East, right? Of like on the Feast of St. Elijah, we bless, we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we bless like anything on wheels, basically. Um, And on the Feast of Transfiguration, we bless fruits and vegetables. And so this is totally a thing that we do. (laughs) So when I was at Holy Protection and in Denver and I was newly Byzantine, this is, this feast is in October. Yeah. When is it? I don't remember. Um, I feel like October, November. So I'd probably been like going to the Byzantine church for maybe like six months at this point. Um, So this is new to me. Um, And um, and so you, um, say to me, I don't remember if you started it or if the other person did. It was the other person? It was Deacon Basil. I wasn't going to say his name. <laughs> oh, he, he has a sense of humor that's fitting to this. So people that's true. Know. So, so Deacon Basil, um, tells me, um, <laughs> that it's a Byzantine tradition to wear a robe to divine liturgy on the feast of the deposition of the robe of the Theotokos. <laughs> I'm glad you're both laughing because it's so funny. Um, and so then I was like, no, it's not. And he said, it is. And he just looked like Deacon Basil looks when he's not telling the truth, which uh, is he looks like he's telling the truth. Um, <laughs> and so, so, so I'm kind of convinced and I go to you, Father Michael, and I'm like, hey, um, uh, maybe he wouldn't want me to say his old name. Anyways, at the time he wasn't Deacon Basil. Mm-hmm. But um, I said, he just told me that this is the the case. And is that true? And you're like, yeah, absolutely. It's an ancient Byzantine tradition, which this is how I learned that whenever you say ancient <laughs> Byzantine tradition, lie, don't believe it. It's not true. Um, and anyways, but then you shortly thereafter told the truth. Um so I did not come to liturgy wearing like, I was going to wear probably like my graduation gown or something like that over my clothes. And, um, and just, you're the worst. <laughs> That's the point of that story. That, that is, that is hilarious. But I, I honestly, I, I get so embarrassed for people that I could not have let it happen. I couldn't have. Yeah. But you were, didn't you like have a rule as a kid? We've talked about this before. You had a rule as a kid that like you were allowed to lie as long as you told the truth within. No. This was totally a thing. It's, it's not a lie. If you say just kidding within, I think my mom said 15 seconds. (laughs) (laughs) So that was a mom O'Loughlin rule where of course you cannot lie. And if you're joking to get a rise out of somebody, which is very Irish and fun, then, then you, you, because we were children, you had to say, just kidding, within 15 seconds or it was a lie. That was Mama Lachlan's rule. Yes. And we were obedient to it. Um, so you're still obedient to it. Mm, not really. It, it, if somebody knows the rule, I am. <laughs> like you. Um, Okay, so those were the first two that um, one of the nuns wanted me to mention. The the three findings of the head of John the Baptist and the deposition of the robe of the Theotokos because she just finds those very funny for different reasons. Um, One, because it's a good laugh at Sister Natalia. I also, do you remember when... Can I guess, sorry, can I guess who that was? Yeah, you know who it was for sure. 
Mother Gabriella. Absolutely. That's okay. totally her sense of humor. Okay. <laughs> um, the You should guess who each of these are. I won't go in okay. monastic order. I'll just pick them randomly so that you can guess. Nice. Um, but the... That I also do. You remember when my my boyfriend convinced me that there was a feast? Oh gosh, I can't believe I'm saying this. <laughs> that there is a feast day for the tooth fairy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like it was it was completely ridiculous because he and I had just had this long conversation where he's talking about like how much you pull my leg, um, Father Michael. And how like you really are able to just like pull things over on me and how gullible I am. And I'm like, and I'm like, he's my spiritual father. Why shouldn't I trust him? And it's this whole thing. Um, And then he comes up with this and I was like, no, you're just doing the thing that father Michael does. And he was like, no, it really is. Anyways, um, that was embarrassing. (laughs) Did he give a name to the tooth fairy or was it just the name of the tooth fairy? No, I think, well, that's how he had me convinced was it was like, okay, Santa Claus, I'm not saying anything uh, in particular, but like, but like St. Nicholas mm-hmm. is a real saint and all of these things, you know? And so I was just thinking that maybe there's like, what he was getting at was the tradition of the tooth fairy developed from whatever. And as I'm saying this, I think actually when I told you about it, you were like, and you thought what the the tradition of the tooth fairy developed from a saint who would like go take kids' teeth and replace it with money? And I was like, all right, you know what? So that's not one of the feasts I'm mentioning. The feast okay. of the tooth fairy. I'm just expressing my gullibility. Um, okay, the next one I'll mention then, um, Father Michael. And are you, when are you guessing which none it is? Is it as soon as I say the saint, or after I give the reason they give? No, after you give the reason. Okay. Give myself a better chance. Okay. Um, the first one I'll say then is St. Mary of Egypt, which we talked about her a little bit on the last podcast just because she was glaring at me in the icon. Mm-hmm. Um, but we we have a Pustinia named after her. Do you remember if we've talked about her? Do either of you remember if we've talked about her on the podcast before, like about her story? I feel like we have not. I don't remember. Okay. Um, well, brief overview is, and Father Michael, add in any details that you want here. Um, but, um, we read, we read her life. Traditionally, we would read her life, um, during a service, my favorite service of the year, the great canon of St. Andrew of Crete, which is, um, Matins. It's part of Matins morning prayer on the fifth Thursday of the great fast, um, i.e. Lent. And her story is very short. So I would encourage all of you, I should write this down as a reference um, or just give a shout out, Beth. I'm making a reference right now um, to <laughs> the life of St. Mary of Egypt is very short. And you can just, if you Google life of St. Mary of Egypt, it'll it'll come up and um, it's only um, maybe like five or six pages or something. Um, and, but she um, super, I know we have listeners of all ages, so I'm just gonna, keep that in mind, but, um, super, um, promiscuous life and just kind of, um, yeah, very, very sinful. And then she, she's, um, um, 
she's uh, hanging out with some pilgrims <laughs> who are on their way to the Holy Land and she's not paying for her journey. Um, and <laughs> I'm trying really hard. I, and, lo- I love this. This is hilarious. <laughs> hilarious to listen to. She's, she's, and the, she, to watch you squirm. <laughs> she's, not, she's not paying for her journey with money. Um, and then she... <clears throat> Um, she gets to the Church of the Resurrection, and there um, the the true cross is being is being elevated. It's the is it the feast of the exaltation of the cross, mm-hmm. probably. And so, so they're elevating the true cross. Uh huh. And um, so she wants to go in and see this, um, but when she tries to go through the church doors, um, it's like there's an invisible wall there, and. <laughs> I really like this part of the story. It always makes me giggle because um, it says um, she tried again because she at first thought that it was her womanly weakness that she couldn't get through. (laughs) Um, And she, um, so she tries again. She still can't get through. So she leaves the doors and she um, goes to this icon that's outside the church and she's praying to to this icon. It's an icon of the Theotokos of Mary. Um, and she's praying. <clears throat> um, she says, if you let me into the church to see the cross, um, then I'll do whatever you tell me. And then she goes back and she's able to get in. And then she comes back out. She hears a voice telling her to go across the Jordan River um, into the desert. And um, she obeys this. And that's where she spends the next 30 some years of her life or something like that. Um, and so great story of just, repentance and a total turning to God. Um, she is, yeah, like it's beautiful, Father Michael, that you think that I want holiness above everything, but like that's Mary of Egypt. Like she wanted in, she wanted holiness more than anything else and in that moment. Um, and so um, she then, while she's in the desert, um, uh, a monk comes across her, a monk named Zosimus. He also has a great conversion, um, and then he becomes a saint. And so because they're both in the desert, Pustinia is the Slavic word for desert. Um, we have our Pustinias, our retreat houses, the two new cabins that were renovated. Um, one is Mary of Egypt and one is Zosimus. They're back-to-back um, for that reason. So... Um, the reason that this nun, who is yet to be named or guessed, um, wanted people to know about St. Mary of Egypt is she said that she just thinks that she's a beautiful example that you don't have to be perfect for God to accept you. And that, in fact, Mary of Egypt was was completely broken, completely sinful, and yet God chose her anyways and, and chose her for um, for great holiness. Uh, so so there's a there's just such a beauty there. Um, also fun fact, when we went to the Holy land on pilgrimage a few years ago, um, we, we had a generous benefactor pay for us to go for two weeks, the whole community with the pilgrimage. Um, and we went to the place it's now blocked up, um, literally not with an invisible wall where Mary of Egypt tried to enter. And we prayed the Troparian to Mary of Egypt there. We also went down and saw the icon that she prayed to. And there's now an icon right next to it. It's like iconception, sort of like cowboyception, but like with icons. And um, there's an icon of St. Mary of Egypt praying to the icon um, right next to that. So we have in our St. Mary of Egypt, Pustinia, we have pictures of us praying at that place, of us, um, and then of the icon of the icon. 
Yeah. Nice. <laughs> um, we also have a relic of St. Mary of Egypt there too. So so come on retreat. And if you specifically want that Pustinia, then request it. But Nice. So um, instead of talking about Mary of Egypt, I want to mention one thing that, that really struck me the other day. And that's that um, you were you were referencing, you know, Mary of Egypt really did want holiness most. And, and, and one of the reasons why I love Mary of Egypt is because many in the East and the West, we, we don't often have saints that even after they had their conversion, really, really, really struggled. You know, you mm. might say Augustine, you certainly Moses of Egypt, Moses of Ethiopia, excuse me. Um, <laughs> not one of Egypt, Moses of Ethiopia. And like that th- 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 still struggled with their former life, you know, and, mm-hmm. and were, had these temptations from their former life. Usually you hear these stories like, oh, they had a conversion and they were perfect. You know, then they died a martyr two days later. You know, it's it's like you, you rarely hear people that like, oh, they had a conversion. Oh, they struggled. They struggled. And Mary of Egypt is very, because she tells the story. Mm-hmm. So when she's telling her story, story in her humility, she recounts how many struggles even after her conversion, even after going to the desert, she still continued to have. The temptations were still there. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons why I love her. Um, but, but the, I think one of the things to, to, to say, and I'm, I'm not going to use you as an example because I don't want you arguing with me, but, um, but, but in other words, like someone like Mary of Egypt lived, lived a very, very troubled life that sister tried to awkwardly describe, um, with the, with the youthful <laughs> audience, uh, but before, before her conversion. So the, it was, it was, it was a really, I mean, leading people astray and just a, you know, loving sin mm-hmm. and, and kind of sloshing around in it joyfully, you know, there, there, there's, it's just like, there's, um, there's a, there, it was a lot to get over. It was mm-hmm. a lot to get over. It was a complete 180. And so, you know, there, there's, there's one sense where, where yes, you know, she she lived this great great life of repentance. But I think it's important. Um, I was talking with a, a friend the other day about about the the role of the prodigal son and the older son, and they were saying, well, yeah, in in this in this relationship I have with with you know other relationships, I, I'm I'm the older son. And in other words, I'm the one kind of uh, who who who's watching had to watch somebody go astray and come back and and. And you know, in that story, the prodigal son, the prodigal son is the hero, and the older son is is the is the antihero. But there is something to say for some people need need the the prodigal experience of reckless. That's what prodigal means, reckless. The the recklessness to be able to come back. But but that's one thing that we understand. And, I'm, and when I do finally get to my sin podcast, Olivia, um, I, I'm go, I'm going to talk with this. But but there is a. Just, we, we walk out of confession and we're still sinners. We're walking, mm-hmm. We walk out of confession. We still have on us the temptations and the compulsions and the addictions, all these things that led us to sin in the first place. Those are still there. Those aren't healed by confession. We need to heal those through the, a life of asceticism. But um, it, it is when, when people look at, at the, the beauty of the prodigal son, that there is still something, if, if we see ourselves as the older son, we, we still need to respond and, and respond to the father's love because he goes out to meet the older son too, right? He went out to meet the, the younger son. He went out to meet the older son, but the older son did mm-hmm. not come in. The younger son did. And that, that, that's the, the grace of the, of the older son. But um, there is something about, about not having those experiences or not having those sins that, that create compulsions in us, tendencies towards sin that, that, that 
you know, seem when, when someone responds to that, when someone responds to, oh my gosh, I'm such a sinner. You know, I need to, I need to respond like Mary of Egypt did in that ongoing temptation. I think she would have done anything to not have had those experiences, even though she has such a turnaround. I think for those of us that are, that are tempted to say like Augustine did, you know, make me chase, but not yet. You know, that there's, well, we, we tend to say, I'll, I'll have a chance to, to convert. I'll have a chance to be sincere. I'll have a chance to, to tell Jesus I'm sorry. And, and so I'm just gonna kind of wallow in this for a little bit longer. Like that causes, that wallowing causes a lot more damage when you do actually want to change your life around and have that conversion. You know, it, it's, it's easier to live, a, live the life of a Christian, the life of virtue if we don't have those things in our past. And so as, as much as we all have things, as much as every single person ha- has, has to live the rest of our life in repentance, it's, it's better to not have those really, really troubling things. Um, so I, I know I'm being kind of eloquent about this, but, but we, sh- we shouldn't look, I'm, I'm saying this sister, because you kind of, you, you know, you, you compared her to you in, in the seeking holiness and putting that first. But um, I, I think Mary Regent would have done anything to have less of a, less of a, a burden of compulsion and even maybe addiction in in her in her body and in her mind that caused mm-hmm. her so much so much trouble in the desert. So, as much as we say yes, Mary of Egypt is this is an absolute hero. She is, but she had a lot more to to get through. She had a lot more stuff that she was fighting, and and it's we should thank God when we don't have as much as someone like she did. Um, that 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 the repentance is just is not. It, it's still repentance and it's just as intense, but it's not as, we, we, we don't fall as far when we fall. We all fall. I mean, we, we all, we're all sinners, but we don't fall as far and, and a fall will not, will not be as harmful to others as you know, it might've been for her. That's why she went after the desert. She literally left the city, went out the desert to see nobody because her, her, big, her biggest sin was leading others astray. And so mm-hmm. she knew herself well enough to say, get out of Dodge, like get out of the city, get out so that I, I can't lead others. There's nobody, not even anybody around to lead astray, you know? And so she went and did that. And so there's, um, we, need, we need to find the, the repentance that is fitting to our specific needs. And then, and Mary of Egypt, you know, God bless her, you know, one of, <clears throat> one of my favorite saints because she knew herself, she knew what she needed and she still struggled and she knew that she was humble enough to say she still struggled, all of those things. So yeah, absolutely. And I'm going to guess, and this is Wait, literally Wait, I was just, gonna say something. Oh, go ahead. Um, I, I just wanna say that I think that you have a good point there because even just um, for all of us for our sin, it's important to remember that there's there's this two-edged sword with our sin of it's not just, and actually the, the East, when we get to your sin episode, I'm sure we'll talk about this. Um, and and in following, there's a follow-up episode I wanna do after your sin episode. Um, but that it's not only the immediate action of the sin, it's not it's not only the, the immediate consequences of separation from God um, that are a consequence of our sin, but it's also, this this self-inflicted wound of sorts that our sin causes of of increasing this um this deepened tendency or or addiction um of it's like every time we do it it's it's more 
it's easier to do it again, <laughs> basically. Um, and um, so, so there's very much this this Eastern view on on sin being a self inflicted wound, um, mm-hmm. a, a disease that we that we incur. Um, anyways, yeah. So there's a yeah. It's not just like Mary of Egypt was spending all this time in the desert only as a matter of repentance. Um, it's that she's also now because of her sin having to spend the rest of her life fighting this fighting these these thoughts and these memories and and all of that um and and she does it it's worth it for her um and it's it should be worth it for all of us um to to engage in that that fight or to let Christ um fight for us in that but yeah that's a good point so you can even imagine the devil might and this seems very undevil like but he might actually lighten the consequences of our sin mm-hmm. he might he might take away the if he if he has the power to do this if Christ lets him take away the consequences of our sin because it keeps us doing it mm-hmm. you know a lot of times when we like you said sister when, when we repeat sin do it over and over and over again it's because we think well that wasn't that bad like i used to think that if i committed this sin it would be like horrible and i i would never be the same and then i mm-hmm. did it and i'm like oh you know that wasn't so bad so i do it again well there is real consequences that is unseen we don't see the immensity of the consequences of every single sin mm-hmm. you know especially the the big ones but the devil can actually in his conniving in in his his evil he can take away you know or he can at least try to take away the consequences so that we are more tempted to say well i can do that again without the same without it really hurting anybody obviously but he's hiding it he's hiding the consequences or even taking them away so that we we continue to do it so which nun do you think submitted mary of egypt you know i I, I kind of ran through all of them in my mind, and I so none of them like really stand out. So I, just, I was actually surprised. I, it wouldn't. I wouldn't have guessed who it was. Oh well, now you now you now you make me change it. <laughs> oh, what were we gonna say? Why did you not turn your phone off again? I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. Anyway, you got to ring here, ringing in the background. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my predecessor set it up so it announces who's calling. Um, let me unplug it from the wall. Oh, okay. I don't. I want to. I don't want to distract them. Now they might. I want to make sure they can leave a message. Um, someone's calling from Pennsylvania, um, Connellsville, PA, wherever that is. Shout out to Connellsville, PA. <laughs> just, just called my church in Los Angeles. Um, someone, someone's going to email and be like, "I was the caller on that episode." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't know you guys take callers. I was. I was <laughs> going to guess. I was going to get. Oh, I don't even want to say who I was going to guess. Let me just guess. I'm going to say um, Mother Eliana. Nice. You got it. Nice. Did you like signal to him or something? No. Wow. No. No. I. That was. That was a. That was a total. Total guess. Okay. Two um, for two. We only have time for one or two more, probably. So, which one should I do next, Olivia? I'm gonna let intern Olivia oh, pick. I have them nice. laid out in front of me. Well, I love them both. Um, There's also this one. There's three. That one I just didn't write for because I didn't need to. This one's really okay. Um, pertinent. Okay. Um, yes, it is right now, actually. So we're recording this. Is it the 17th? I think it's the 17th. That is on the 17th, yeah. yeah. We're recording. <laughs> I knew you were going to look at the calendar. I was about to quiz you. Thursday. <laughs> um, so we're recording this on December 14th, but on December 17th is the Feast of... Um, uh, uh, Daniel? Is it Daniel? <laughs> and, and it's funny because we're not actually even talking about Daniel. <laughs> and the lions. 
and the three youths <laughs> in kidding. the fiery furnace. <laughs> yes. um, so um, most people are probably familiar with the story of the three youths, but I pulled it up just in case. Um, in, it's in, in the Bible. It's in the Bible, um, Daniel chapter three. Um, so King Nebuchadnezzar sets up this idol and then wants people to worship it. And then um, three people are not worshiping it. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, and Nebuchadnezzar's all upset about this. And then he has to throw them in a fiery furnace um, because this is what he's already decided. So he throws them um, into the fiery furnace, but not just any fiery furnace. He has it heated seven times hotter than usual which we sing about a lot in our hymns. Um, and um, he, are you doodling right now? That's fine. No. He commands- um, I am he literally commands, read, wanting to read along with you because I have something to say and I want to read. Oh, along. okay. Um, he commands his uh, soldiers to, to throw them into the furnace. Um, so they're bound and they're thrown in. Um, the furnace is so hot that the fire kills the soldiers who threw them in. Like it comes out and uh, kills them. Um, but the three men are not burning up. And so um, so King Nebuchadnezzar um, looks in and he sees four men walking around in the fire, even though only three were thrown in. And he says, the fourth looks like a son of the gods. And then he, um, he approaches and he has them come out. Um, but one of the things... So first of all, I didn't include this part, but one of the things is that um, oh, where is where is the prayer? Oh, there it is. Um, they 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 tell Nebuchadnezzar. They say, um, "We do not need to defend ourselves." Oh, is that what you were going to say? No, I oh. was I was I was acting out there. You're acting their, out them. Okay. Their response to they said <laughs> they said we do not need to defend ourselves before you in this matter. If we are thrown into the fi- into the blazing furnace. The God we serve is able to save us from it and he will rescue us from your hand, O king. And this next part is the part that I love. But even if he does not, we want you to know, O king, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold you have set up. Like, that's just super beautiful. It's, you know, they're they're like, God has the power to save us from this, but it's it's not even this like, we don't have to be afraid because he'll save us. It's, it's we don't have to be afraid because whatever he desires is for the best. And, and that's what, that's what we desire to. Um, but the, well, I'll read exactly what this nun told me. And um, when I read it, you might know who it is just because okay. of the way that it's, um, it's, it's clearly not something that I wrote. Um, <laughs> because it's very beautiful. <laughs> um, she said, they're an image to me of singing to God in our heart and praising him in the midst of our struggles and difficulties and knowing that God comes down to be with us in those difficulties. It's also beautiful that they represent the Trinity and the incarnation because the angel of the Lord comes down to be with them in their sufferings. So in the Old Testament already in this mysterious form is revealed the two greatest mysteries of our faith i.e. the Trinity and the Incarnation. Um, and especially because, so in, we've talked about this on previous podcasts as well, but um, the the Eastern tradition is that whenever there's a, a physical manifestation um, in the Old Testament, it's it's um, the second person of the Trinity. The so like the, him, yeah. attributed to him, yes. Yeah. Um, so the, the burning bush, um, the voice that comes from the burning bush, 
Um, yeah. Uh, did I just make that up? No. No. Okay. Um, well, the angel- well, there's the, not not necessarily the voice, but the, 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 but the, the, the fire, the, the fire physical that's not, things yeah, that's that not appearance. Consuming. Yeah. Um, yes, because then the Theotopos is the bush. This is the one we did on the types. Um, so, anyways, the um, and I I actually I had a I had an intuition that this might be true for the angel of the Lord in the furnace, and I was looking at some of the very very old icons. Um, it actually shows um, the ICX, the um, not ICX, the um, Ho'on in the mm-hmm. um, in the halo, the the symbol in an icon um, that the the halo around Christ. Um, yeah, so yeah, so the first part of like what I think is very beautiful that was me, but what I just read out loud was what this this nun said of why she thinks that other people should know about the three holy youths. And that's one of my favorite times when this story is used is um, on on uh, the Paschal Vigil mm. for the long the long the reading and then mm-hmm. praise and exalt Him above all forever mm-hmm. and then those other words, mm-hmm. praise and exalt Him I, I, I that's one of my favorite yeah, it's favorite so use of it but also my favorite parts of Pascha because that that's when everything's kind of switching over mm-hmm. you're, you're about yeah, to switch all the, the you're the changing cloths, out the right? colors yeah. and all that and it's it's just, but it is that all the different reasons where we praise him and and all those things and Olivia looked like you had something to say I was just excited okay. she also she also <laughs> yeah. really likes that part of the yeah. Pascha yeah okay <laughs> Um, yeah, and so I, I, I should say, so the, the three holy ewes are very, very significant in the East. We celebrate them all the time. So their their actual feast day is December 17th. Um, but we also have um, canticles at Matins every single day for the three holy ewes. <laughs> um, and, and actually yesterday, so we're, we're, we're recording this mm-hmm. before Christmas. So the two Sundays before Christmas, we also commemorate them in a special way yeah. as, as being forerunners or foreshadowing Christ, of course, the yeah. incarnation of Christ that we celebrate on Christmas. So can you guess the nun? Um, I, I'm split between two. Um, I'm going to say Mother Cecilia. Correct. Nice. Do you really, do you just like feel like you really know our community right now? Yeah. Well, I just feel like I've, I've made some good guesses, but yes. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. I have two more. Okay. We're going to see if we can do both of them. I think we can. Cool. I think we can. Right. Um, so the first one, oh, I meant to. Olivia, can you reach the prologue behind you or no? Um, she looks so relaxed right now. She's like, <laughs> I know. She's just like <laughs> completely <laughs> chilling on the. I'm actually making the, the intern master. do her work. Thank you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so because we just had this feast day um, recently. Um, I wish I knew when, so I'm going to look in the back of the book. I feel like it was November 19th. Um, this November 19th. <laughs> um, I only knew that because I looked it up earlier, not because I actually remember. Um, so peeking back at the calendar again. This, um, it's not the first one. It's not the Holy Prophet Obadiah. But the second one listed for November 19th, which is the Holy, the Holy Martyr Barlam. And it's it's not a long entry in the prologue. For those of you who haven't listened to the other ones where we've read from the prologue, the prologue of Okrit is the one that we use at our monastery, but it's just the lives of the saints. <clears throat> Barlam was born in Antioch. Because of his faith in Christ the Lord, the impious judge tortured him harshly. 
Finally, the judge decided to mock him by forcing him to offer sacrifice to the idols. For this, he took him to the pagan temple and set a burning coal on his palm and incense on the coal. The judge thought that the pain would cause the martyr to shake the coal and incense off his hand before the idols and thus involuntarily sense them. However, the soldier of Christ heroically held the burning coal on his palm with no thought of casting it before the idols until his fingers were burned through and fell off and his palm was completely burnt. St. Basil the Great said he had a right hand more powerful than fire. Although the coal burned his hand, his hand still held the fire as if it were ash. Chrysostom writes, the angels looked from the heights, the archangels beheld, the scene was majestic in truth transcending human nature. Behold, who would not wish to see a man who made such an ascetic endeavor, yet did not feel that this which is characteristic of men to feel, a man who was himself both the altar of oblation and the sacrifice and the priest. When his hand burned off, Elder Barlam's whole body fell to the ground dead, and his soul went to the eternal rest of our Lord and the, our Lord the Savior. This glorious heroic elder suffered in the year 304. Um, so this, um, the, the, the nun who wanted me to talk about St. Barlam said that she thinks that he's uh, a great image of the monastic vocation. Um, but actually really, she clarified that um, in all vocations because he's an image of, of what we need to do to offer as priest um, because we each have this, this calling of priest by our baptism to offer as priest the sacrifice of our lives on the altar of our bodies. And um, she also thought that he's a great image of celibate love to, to hold on to the fire and not drop it, um, which I thought was very beautiful. Mm, it is. Um, there's only there are only three nuns left. So oh, I know. But you did one of these too. I did. Oh, you did. Okay, that that's that switches things up a bit. Um. I'm going to say Sister Petra. Nailed it. Man, you are good. You are so good. <laughs> well, you and, you and Mother Theodore think very similarly, so this next one's going to be hard. Um, okay, do you have anything to add about that one before I give the last one? I, I think that's a beautiful story. I didn't remember that story. Um, yeah, I only did because of Sister Petra. <laughs> and, I, and I think Sister is right. There, there's something, there's something, and John Chrysostom is right. There's something so beautiful about the being the oblation and the sacrifice, which is what Christ did on the cross. And there's something, that, that participation in it. And I've always wondered, there was a saint today um, that we commemorate that it, um, it said that when he was being tortured, um, it was like he was in a dream. In other words, mm, God gave mm-hmm. him the grace of not feeling the tortures. And I was like, that's very unique because usually the Byzantine hagiographies and the biographies are like, and they suffered immensely. You know, it was horrible. <laughs> but, but this guy said like, the no. same thing. He was kind of, and yeah. And so it's like, he was just, he, he was, I always thought like, if I had to do something like that, how would I feel? I like, would God, because I, I, I don't, I don't think I take pain that well. I don't mean, I, I, I would do it for a couple seconds, then I'd be done. I, like, I would, I would obviously need God to mm-hmm. come in and help. I would need Him. I couldn't do it without Him. So, it's, it's like, how, what does that feel like to have this supernatural experience of being cared for by God and not suffering in the midst of when I should be suffering more? Because, I mean, I think 
yeah, I mean, so, some martyrs have achieved the, the level of, of separation from self and self-gift that they, they, their body can be suffering immensely and it doesn't affect their spirit. Um, but it's nice and have some stories where God <clears throat> kind of comes in and helps out a bit too, even, even in the physical, <laughs> you know, physical practical way. So yeah, that was a beautiful story. Those are for the ones like you and me. <laughs> exactly, yeah. If ever we're going to be martyrs, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so... Um, the next one is um, not a particular saint, but a feast. Um, okay. Because I had asked for either a saint or a feast that's celebrated in the East. Um, and this one is the holy protection of the mother of God. So this feast is, um, I'm, I'm sure people have at least heard it mentioned before on this podcast, because this is the... Um, this is our par- the parish in Denver that you and I both came from, the, um, well, where you were pastor. Mm-hmm. Um, the Holy Protection of the Mother of God. It's also the patronage of our, the patron, the patronal feast, there we go, yeah. of our eparchy, the eparchy of mm-hmm. Phoenix, not the eparchy I'm in now, which is Parma, which is the, under the um, patronage of St. John the Baptist, but um, the eparchy of Phoenix. And it's also the parish that you're at now, St. Mary's, mm-hmm. the patronal feast is Holy Protection of the Mother of God. Um, so this feast is from, it's celebrated on October 1st, which is my entrance day into the monastery, October 1st, 2015. Um, and... The feast is during, in the, in the 10th century, um, there was a barbarian attack upon Constantinople um, invasion. And um, the, the people were, were praying an all night vigil um, in the church of Blacherne. Is that how you say that? I, uh, I say Blacherne, but I don't know if that's, which one's right. Okay. Um, and there's... Um, as they're praying this all night vigil, St. Andrew and St. Epiphanius have a vision um, of the Theotokos. They see her um, in the church with them. And so as, as the people are praying to the Theotokos, she's kneeling in front of the altar facing the same direction of, as the people um, and just uh, tears streaming down her face. And, and then, Andrew and Epiphanius see the Theotokos throw her veil um, over the city in protection of the people. And then the barbarians flee, the invasion reverses, um, and the people were saved. Um, The nun who submitted this feast um, thought that the reason that people should know about it is they found it to be a beautiful image of intercessory prayer. Um, so, so for those who, who struggle with praying to the saints, um, for a particular intention, uh, this is, this is an image of the people, the people are praying to the Theotokos and the Theotokos is praying to God, um, to her son. And, and there's just like this, this image of that as the, the people are in the church and then the Theotokos is kneeling the same direction as them praying for them. Can you just give me the the saint there, the feast of the other one? Nope. Oh, so mean. I'm going to say that's you. So that was me. Um, and um, 
I didn't actually get one from mother. And so that was all of them, which is why I couldn't give you. (laughs) So when you said, can you give me the saints of the other one? The answer was literally no, I cannot. (laughs) I'm pretty proud of myself right now. You got every one of them right. That's very impressive. Um, I thought for, I thought you would know immediately that holy protection was me. Um, I think you, you, you were definitely trying to lead me astray. Um, yeah, because I was couple, looking at the times. screen yeah. as yep. if I was reading something. <laughs> you were doing that and you, um, yeah, there were a couple of things I was like, <laughs> she's trying to leave me astray here. But the, but the main reason, the reason I knew that was you for that one was because you, you, you explain it like I explain it. And you probably heard that story from me first, so. Really? Probably. I didn't but, know that. Well, I, I just, I love the fact that Mary, Theotokos comes down and intercedes with, and prays with the people and then like receives the ability from God to do that. So that it's, hmm. it's like something she actually asks for. I don't recall and, hearing, I'm sure, I mean, coming from Holy Protection mm-hmm. Parish, I'm sure that that's where yeah. I got it from, but I don't that even just, recall that. That struck me. So when you mentioned that, I was like, yeah, that's probably her. <laughs> really funny. That's funny. So um, is there a particular uh, saint or feast day that's celebrated in the East that you think people should know about? Well, I just preached on one um, and I said that exact thing. And, and it's because I got it from Father David Peter. Shout out to him, our liturgy and spirituality professor at the seminary back in my day, um, now retired. He, uh, he <clears throat> used to say that he thinks that December 5th should be as big of a feast day as December 6th. And December 6th is of course, St. Nicholas, which is who is the patron of all the Byzantine churches in the whole world. And so obviously that's a pretty big feast day for us. It's also um, my tonsure day. And it's your tonsure day. And and um, I was almost just about to say that. Um, <laughs> yeah, <kidding>. right. <laughs> that was 15 seconds. Just um, yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so the December 5th is St. Sabas. Mm-hmm. And St. Sabas was the one who wrote the Tipicon that almost every Byzantine church uses. So he was the yeah. the one who established monasticism in Palestine. And there was some, you know, there was two different Tipicons generally in the, in the first few hundred years of the church between like the uh, fourth, fifth century and like the eighth, ninth century. And one was from Constantinople, one was from Palestine. And um, nowadays we almost all use the Palestinian one. We still use the Constantinopolitan one as well. Um, but but St. Sabas, the Palestinian one, kind of won out. So, And obviously Father David is a liturgist, so he he understands what a contribution St. Sabas made to the the current and, and you know, functioning of the liturgic life of the, of the Byzantine Catholic Church and the Byzantine Church in general. So, so he thinks St. Sabas. So, um, yeah, I would think that would be the first thing to come to mind that most even Byzantine Catholics would not understand. They wouldn't even know who St. Sabas was. So that's my contribution. That's a good one. Is that, would you identify that as me? <laughs> if they said, if if they said, of all the companions of Christ, <laughs> is the, is I'm the, the only Byzantine. Is the polite, is the polite co-host thing to do, since you're the podcast expert, um, is the polite co-host thing to do, like laugh even when you think your co-host joke isn't funny? <laughs> Um, I'm going to say- Asking for a friend. Absolutely not. (laughs) As he nods his head on video. Um, (laughs) Okay. Um, 
We only have a couple minutes left, but do you have one that you want to add, Olivia? I know you love the three youths, and we already talked about them. Mm-hmm. And Daniel. And Daniel. And it's coming up in a few days, so mm-hmm. I'm just excited mm-hmm. to be at the monastery and get to pray all the all the things. And shout out to your mom. Isn't that her birthday? It's her birthday. Wow. Yeah. So um, poor. That's the poor second shout out your mom's get got. To have me home on her birthday, but yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, you're but probably your, hearing your, a blender your in the background. Your mother, Theotokos, gets to have you home. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, there you go. Okay. Um, intentions. I go first. Yes, please. Um, this is coming out on December 30th, so I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask our listeners um, to pray for, and I will pray alongside you, um, that people have a a healthy and a holy celebration of the new year um, and are able to make prudent choices. That's all. I am going to say, and I don't know if this came to my head, a conversation I had last night with some friends about uh, Tulsi Gabbard, the Democrat politician, and pray for her because it was uh, it was just a, uh, a, a fascinating conversation about about someone who is a Democrat, but who the 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 line of every Democrat is is pro choice, but she is is making some strides that seem there might be a, a little seed in her that is is pro life. So mm. anyway, we can always hope and pray. So yeah, pray for Tulsi Gabbard. Olivia. Um. Maybe just for all the people who are lonely, like um, around the holidays and everything, you're dealing with loss or unable to be with family this year or all those things. Amen. Great. Father, give the blessing. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, have mercy on you. May our Lord continue to guide you in your life of holiness. If you are listening, that you may become a saint one day. Whether you are well-known or not, may you be a appreciative of the role within the body of Christ that you have. May you seek, always seek those who have gone before you and those who are saints before you and those who have lived this life and those who have suffered much and those who have suffered little, those who have contributed in their various ways in a very personal, intimate, exclusive way to the body of Christ. And may you desire holiness that you may, one, you may one day join this great cloud of witnesses. And may we always grow an appreciation of them and never forget to ask for intercession and appreciate this great benefit that our Lord has given us in these great saints. May the Lord bless you in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Love you. Thank you. Love you too. Love you, Olivia. Love you, Olivia. <laughs> <laughs> I I fed you last time the Star Wars line. I know. I love you, Olivia. I know. <laughs>